Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. All right. So for those that didn't know, last month I was blessed by a ministry out of Texas called Christians United for Israel, KUFI. And uh, if you guys know um, John Hagee Ministries, John Hagee Ministries, well, John Hagee um, retired from the church that he pastors, and he is now the founder of this ministry, who, who for so many years, what they do is that collectively, they try to create awareness, awareness in America for uh, Israel. And they help combat anti-Semitism, and they, they help to strengthen relationships uh, between uh, the USA and, and, and other countries towards Israel. And so the focus is that we stand alongside of our brothers from Israel and our sisters of Israel. And standing with our brothers doesn't mean that we stand against anyone else. However, so they, they bless every year, they bless a group of pastors by covering their expenses to fly them out to Israel, to give them a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I was blessed two years ago by this invitation. And because of COVID, it got, it got um, canceled uh, the one year. And then after that year, um, I, was, I, was, I was making my way and I got my COVID test done the day before. And the day before I flew out, I tested positive and I, I, I couldn't go. I, I, and I'm, I tell you, I think it was Becky. Becky was doing something to me. She was doing like she didn't want me to go or something. But anyway, so I got to go this year and it was a blessing. It was an amazing blessing. They, they estimate that the cost of this trip is $2,000 a day. And we were out for 10 days. And these expenses are covered by donors, people that they, they, they have sponsors, that they, take, they want pastors to experience this. So I was on the list and I was just so blessed. Um, what an amazing experience. It was life transforming. So I got to go to a place, uh, many of different places that we went to. It's a geopolitical trip. Uh, it's not, it's not uh, tourism at all. If you got to see some of the videos I posted, um, you get to see some stuff um, uh, as I am uh, in, in the border and you get to go to um, West um, uh, to where um, the Gaza Strip is and you get to see uh, all that's happening there. Um, you also get to see what's happening with Syria, Lebanon. Um, and it's, it's quite interesting to hear both sides. We got to go into uh, Palestine and you get to hear our brothers and sisters in Palestine. And listen, it's conflict, it's family, it's messy. And you know what? So our heart and our position is to stand um, with them both and, and, and try to continue to pray for peace in that area. All right. So as I was there, I, I, I got to go into Palestine and I got to experience Bethlehem. And when I went to Bethlehem, there's a there's a there's a picture because um, I wanted to show you exactly where I was geographically. Um, there's a picture of there should be. a um, OK, so I got to go to a place called the Shepherd's Field. And as I was there, if you look over here, this is the Church of Nativity. This is uh, this is. Um, Bethlehem where where Jesus was born all right so this is approximately five to six miles away 
And, and what's interesting is that everywhere, everywhere, uh, there was an experience where, G, uh, where Jesus was, whether it was the nativity uh, scene, whether it was the crucifixion, whether it was where he was beaten, where he was taken to jail, the trial. Everywhere you go, everywhere, they honor it with a cathedral, with a big church over the spot. So um, over here in the shepherd's field, I got to experience this, and this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go into the book of Micah, all right? And this is approximately written between five to 600 years before Jesus's birth. How many years? Just making sure that we're okay. There's going to be a quiz at the end. It's going to be a quiz. All right. So I'm going to go to the book of Micah, chapter five, verses two to five, and we're going to read. It's funny because Alexis said to me today uh, about our scriptures. He was like, man, you feel like reading the Bible today. That's when we come to church to read the Bible. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. We're going to read and we're going to read a lot. But, but I want to match this up with some of um, our, my experiences. And then hopefully you're going to take something away as we continue to prepare for Christmas. Um, Vaughn alluded to this, this, this morning as he was talking about this time of the year. For many people, is a depressing time. It's a time of frustration. It, it is a time of, 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 um, of hardship. It, it, it is a time where people feel loneliness. It, it's a terrible, terrible time for many, many people. And I want you to know that the reason the church uh, gets together just to memorize, um, to, 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 I'm sorry, to, to commemorate, the birth of Jesus is because it's good news. Amen. Let me say that again. It's good news. Amen. His birth is good news. So um, I don't know what the world uh, did with Christmas, but I want you to know it was not Jesus' intention uh, for it to be a time of, uh, of, of, of being melancholy. That's not what this is about. So I want you to take away as we're going to talk about this first part, and I'm going to be developing this throughout the rest of the month. So Micah. Chapter 5, verses 2 to 5. This was written when? Five to six hundred before the birth. All right. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephratah. Ephratah is another way of saying Bethlehem. That's another name for Bethlehem. Are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Continue. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. When was this all written? Continue. Then at last, his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. Continue. And he will stand to lead his, his what? His what? If there's a reference to a flock, that means there has to be a what? Good job. Look at you guys. All right. I'm, man, good job. Who said shepherd out loud? All right. Uh, Luis, $1,000. Give it to her. Like we're a generous church. All right. And it says, the Lord's strength and majesty of the name of the Lord is God. Here we go. 
then his people will live there undisturbed for he will be highly honored where this is written when again and come on read it out loud guys he will be who's the source of peace it's the president of the United States it's the it's the Biden administration that's the source of peace it's it's the Republican Party oh it's the Democrats it's the pastor it's Scarlet No he will be this it's your career your degree your house your money he will be the source of peace now how many years now we're going to go to the time of the birth Luke chapter 2 verse 8 to 12 you hear the kids singing can't wait Luke chapter 2 verse 8 to 12 that night man that night there were shepherds staying in the field nearby remember I showed you proximity I showed you the map guarding their flocks of sheep suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them they were terrified but the angel reassured them don't be afraid he said I bring you what do I bring what do I bring good news that will bring what kind what kind great joy to some people huh continue the Savior yes the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Continue. And you will recognize. This is the sign. The angel is speaking and he's saying, hey, this has happened. Here's the proof. This is what happened. This is who's coming. Here's the proof. You're going to recognize them by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. It's a manger. I'm sorry. I, I, I do that because David was passionate a few years ago in one of the uh, presentations that we did in Christmas. And he was so passionate. And he said, and our Lord and Savior Jesus was born in a manger. And we all looked at each other. We were like, is you're like David it's a manger all right so you're gonna find him lying in a manger why shepherds why go through through the seemingly meaningless trouble of announcing the coming of the king of Israel the Messiah Messiah by the way means an anointed one but why go through that to some lowly sheep herders and this is quite interesting. It's fascinating to me. I find it that these uh, sheep herders 
weren't your typical shepherds. That the sheep that they were tending weren't your average sheep. And I learned this while I was in Israel, and I was so excited. I wanted to share this with you. Uh, that, you know, when you look at the story of the shepherds, very little attention is paid to the shepherds. It's always about the, the wise men. And the poor shepherds are always kind of left behind the scene. It's always about the wise men and their gifts. Anybody? Why the shepherds? Well, God always leaves us with every minute detail explained at the same time perplexing. God uses detailed symbolism, hyperbole to make present and future points. He told them, listen, this is who's coming. It happened today. I'm going to tell you where it happened. I'm going to tell you why. And this is the sign. Here is the proof. The people of Israel are a people, if you didn't know this, who are highly and extremely high uh, uh, when it comes to cleanliness, hygienic, and, 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 and the way that they live and the way that they serve God. Cleanliness is vital and it's important to them. This is all based on their religious rudiments or traditions of over 600 commandments that they still adhere to today, still today. It's funny, uh, we, something as simple as getting on an elevator on the day of Sabbath, you're not allowed to push buttons. They don't push buttons in the elevator on Sabbath because that's work. So they set in the whole entire country. Every elevator is set automatically to stop on every floor. So you have to exercise patience. So you imagine if you're sitting in a hotel with 500 people and everyone is checking out and they all have luggage and they all have to wait for every floor to stop. This is the kind of stuff that you got to experience because of how strict they are with the rudiments, the tradition. Something as simple as grabbing coffee from one area of the hotel room because you got it from a bar and now you're going to try to trample and walk into where you are in the dining room. You just defiled the dining room with food from the bar. I'm, I, I am telling you, I was blown away by how strict they are with the way they practice and they exercise their faith. As we sit here today in our service, many folk are here with an open phone, paying attention to news, uh, whether it's a baseball game, a soccer game, uh, sending texts, uh, I'm just being fabulous. <laughs> they have a reverence for anything related to God. So imagine all of the pictures I took, but you can't imagine all of the pictures I couldn't take because I was ripped, stripped away from my phone in many places that we went to. Are you following me? Yes. It's a certain reverence that they have. So they abstain from certain foods, and even to touch certain foods is prohibited. Dairy and meat are stored in separate places. Many, many homes that can afford it have two separate sinks. They have separate refrigerators so that these foods can't come into contact with each other. Are you following me? 
Pastor, what does this have to do with shepherds and Jesus? Well, the shepherds, that angel, that the angel of the Lord revealed himself to, they were called Levitical shepherds. Meaning that these shepherds weren't just raising any sheep. These guys were shepherds of the cream de la cream. Or la creme de la creme. These were special sheep. These sheep, from the moment that they were born, they would be looked out for with extreme care because it would be from these shepherds' flock that the people of Israel would use to purchase for atonement and Passover. So these sheep were sacrificial sheep. They served no other purpose. They wouldn't be sold to breed. They weren't sold for their wool. These lambs, these sheep, as horrific as it sounds, they were born to die. They would be presented to a priest as an offering for sin for themselves and for, for the family. And this was an alignment with the Passover meal. So to get more context about the role and the importance of the, the, what the sheep played, let's read together out of the Old Testament. Now, I want you to understand, there's a deliverance about to take place. What did I say? There's a deliverance about to take place. And right before a deliverance is about to take place, God shows up and he gives instructions. Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. This is in the Old Testament. All right? People of Israel are in captivity over 400 years. And God is about to do a miraculous work. And before he does so, he's telling them that there's going to be a deliverer who's coming. These are the things that you must do. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. Continue quickly. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. Continue. If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat with no, with no, no perfect, no blemishes, okay? Take, take, special take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides, on the sides and on the top of the door frames of the house where they eat the animal. Continue. The same night, they must roast the meat over a fire, eat it along with bitter salad greens um, and bread made without yeast. Do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. The whole animal, including the head, legs, and internal organs, must be roasted over a fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is not eaten 
before morning. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals, and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. So, so this is now before Micah. The people of Israel are still in captivity, but that's the instructions. Pastor, what does this have to do? A great deliverance is imminent. God tells the people to sacrifice something innocent for something guilty. At the center of it all was the sacrifice of a sheep. Somebody say a sheep. Now let's fast forward. And here we have the shepherds. They received instructions. They have insight on what God is about to do. How many think that the Messiah being born is a big deal? It's a big deal. There's instructions. In fact, the, the, the fact that the baby would be found swaddled in strips of clothing was significant for the shepherds to see this. That was the sign. When you see the baby, the baby's going to be swaddled. If you are a new mommy, new mommies, they know what swaddling does to a child. Right? Okay. And I know that there's some husbands that want to be swaddled too. Remember that I said in the beginning that when God speaks, oftentimes he speaks in symbolisms and hyperbole. Now, everything about this birth is quite significant for the shepherds. See, the shepherds understood symbolism. They understood their profession. And I told you in the beginning that the people of Israel are a finicky kind of people when it comes to their diet, their hygiene. Now, these animals were kept in a clean, sterile cave. I, I, I got to experience this when I went to the shepherd's field. And I want to share this with you quickly. So, all the archaeologists came here, they studied the real age of these stones here and there and the caves. They, they did this cave and that one, the cave number one. This, it was a, that one was a big cave, later on it was divided in order to gain space for pilgrims to pray. So here's a big cave, but nowadays it's divided. The cave, this is cave number two and over there is cave number one, mm. which is over there. You're right now in a place where we believe that the shepherds, they gathered their animals to hide their animals from the wild animals at night. So this is the probably place where they used to stay, sleep, and above <coughs> this cave here, they built their tent to watch what's happening here and there. Mm -hmm. But why we're here, just to tell you that this is the cave? Mm -hmm. no. <laughs> According to the Gospel of John, uh, sorry, Gospel of Luke and Gospel of Matthew, the birth Gospels of Jesus, for example, we're talking about the first three chapters that Joseph and Mary, they came all the way from Nazareth to here to register their names. They came here to register their names because of Joseph, exactly Joseph, that Joseph was from the line of King David. And we believe in somehow David, King David, the shepherd David was born in this place where you are right now and where we're right now mm. here wow. in this place.
were the animals below, and, and there were these openings throughout the cave, and the reason they would do it that way is because they are a very, a very innovative people. They would use the heat source of the breathing, of the breathing in and out of the sheep to heat up the tent above. So the cave below is the basement, and that's how they had their heating system, right? If you want to beat the oil prices, get yourself some sheep and you know, put them under. Now, from the moment that the sheep, the, the ewe, that's what they call the, the female sheep, the ewe, she gives birth to her young, the, the shepherds grab the sheep, the baby, and they swaddle it. They wrap it in strips of cloth. And they do so to keep that sheep from getting bruised, from getting banged. Because it needs to be perfect for the sacrifice. Again, these lambs were preserved early and they were set aside. This is by definition what holy means. It means to be set apart. 1 Peter chapter 1 Verse 18, 20. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as, as your ransom long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Continue. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. Did we just skip that, um, David? We went into the next scripture. Okay, so let's stop there. I don't know what you have been told in the past about your sins, about your shortcomings, about your infractions. I'm here to tell you that your account has already been settled. It's already been paid for. Your sin issues have already been dealt with. Your sins from the past, your sins today, your sins tomorrow have already been settled already this is this is hard for many Christians to wrap their head around and this is why they fall into the snare and the trap of legalism and and and, and religion because they're always trying to pay an account, uh, 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 an account a bill a debt that they will never be able to pay And again, when the angel appears to the shepherds, he gives them this sign. Go back to Luke now. We're going to read it, guys. Thank you. To Luke chapter 2, 16. The Savior, yes, the Messiah. Did I say 2, 16 to 20? I'm, I'm sorry, 2, 11, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just getting excited because I'm getting to the crux of it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Get excited. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Continue. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Verse 
Now, let's see what happens next. 16. They, they hurried to the village and they found Mary, Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and she thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying God, praising God for all they had heard. And are you following me? Now, what we can surmise by this extraordinary account is that the angels knew that the, te- that the details that had been given to the shepherds would be sufficient for them to do the rest based on their expertise. Now think about this. The shepherds had no GPS. They didn't have an address. And if you remember the story, the Bible says that there was no room for Joseph, for Mary. And they had to go into a cave. And that's where they gave birth. But the shepherds knew where to look. The shepherds knew where to look. Why? Because they had information to lead them to where the Prince of Peace would be. Now notice this. This baby boy, solely based on the details that were given by the angels, they knew exactly where to find him, where to look. Now King Herod, with all of his staff, all of his priests, teachers of religious law, he, the king, could not find the baby. But the shepherds could find him but not the king. Matthew chapter 2, verse 8. I'm sorry, verses 1. Matthew chapter 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of, of king Herod. I want you guys to keep... Who's the king? Who's the king? Herod. Herod. About that time, some wise men, and this is these not mafioso, okay? Not, not people from the mafia. They were wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem Asking, where is the newborn? Wait a minute, who's the king? Who's the, who was the king? It was the king. Now these guys show up. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed. Would you not be disturbed? If you are the king and someone's going to show up and go, hey, we're looking for the king. So he was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law, and he asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. This is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. 
Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, hey, come back and let me know so that I can go and I want to worship this new king who's going to take my job. If you know the story, there was a slaughter of children because the wise men found a different route because God had spoke to these wise men about taking a different route. And because Herod could, could not fathom his role being supplanted, he signs this edict and they go out and they slaughter children. And this is significant for us as we begin this season. The Christmas story has nothing to do with some chubby, chubby guy that climbs down a chimney. A beard, a guy with a beard, uh, with a white beard. I'm not describing myself, guys. <laughs> but you know, many of us have, have, have made a, a conscious decision to alter what Christmas means. And it's easier for us to talk about some guy that comes down the chimney to bring some gifts in exchange for milk and cookies. Because it's hard for us to articulate and tell people and tell our children, our family, about the true meaning of Christmas. These shepherds knew where to find the Lamb of God, the Lamb that takes, the, that takes away the sin of the world. They didn't need a star to follow like the wise men. They knew that you're going to find a sacrificial lamb in the midst of a flock and not a throne. See, the true story of Christmas as we start getting into the season is about a lamb coming from heaven that has been provided for us all by God. Regardless of your, of, of your ethnicity, your gender, your status, degree, regardless, it's a lamb for us all. From our heavenly father in heaven to pay a price that is too high for us to pay for a debt that he doesn't even owe. Romans chapter 5 verse, uh, chapter 3, I'm sorry, verses 25 and 26. For God presented he presented, he presented, who did he present? Not the evangelist, not the prophet, not the apostle, not the teacher, not the pastor, not your mom, not your, not your dad. It's, it's not uncle. It's not the deacon. It's just down the line. Who did he present? Jesus. Who? Jesus as the for sin. Are you following me? Are you following me? People are made Right. Hold on, hold on. And if you have something to write with, you want to highlight this, you want to highlight it, you want to go home, you want to read it over and over. On Monday, read it. On Tuesday, read it. Read it every day. Memorize this. Learn this. This is your freedom. People are made right with, with, not a church, not a denomination, not a religious group, not a faith. You are made right with, God. with, God. when they, they believe that Jesus sacrificed his blood. Shedding his blood. When does it happen? 
When does it happen? When you believe what? Again, next. This sacrifice showed that God was being fair when he held back and he did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just and he declares sinners to be right in 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 this should get you excited this should get you excited because he declares sinners to be right in his sight when 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 stand to your feet I want you to just take a moment to praise come on just make some noise just take some just take a moment just take a moment come on just take a moment just take a moment I don't know what you've been told in the past I don't know what's been said about your life your history your family I don't know I'm here to tell you he declares you right in his eyes in his eyes something to get excited about come on just take a moment and praise him come on praise him for your life praise him for your forgiveness praise him for the righteousness over your life hallelujah listen in all standing this story of the shepherds in the field reminds us that God loves from the lowliest shepherds all the way to wise men and everyone in between why wouldn't he love you pause from why wouldn't he love you why are you questioning yourself he can't love me I'm grotesque I'm vile I've done I've been I've experienced Salvation is for the world, not for a religion. Salvation is for people, not for a faith. I want you to ask yourself today, can we run with sincere hearts, with eagerness in pursuit of the lamb that takes away our sin? These shepherds ran with eagerness with the information that was given to them. Guys, you are receiving information today. Leave here today excited with eagerness, with joy in your heart, with no resentment, with no guilt, knowing that you have been loved, that your, 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 your sins have been paid for, dealt with, that there is sincere joy in your life that you can share this with your children. Once we find Jesus, can we live a life where we can lift our hands and praise like those shepherds did? Be excited to come into his place, into the meeting, together with other fellow believers to say, we are so grateful because we have seen the sign. We have seen the sign. 
There's a last video. Can we play the last video? Stand to your feet. It's, 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 you're not going to all sink in your head. And if not, you're going to come on another trip. It's going to all sink in your head, and if not, you're going to come on another trip of Kufa. But the thing is, is what you see right over here is a trough that was used for the animals. Many times, they, the belief is that Jesus was born in a manger made out of wood. No, made out of stone, like this one over here. Think about it, it's a crib, looks like a crib, okay? It was used as a trough, you put a little hay inside, okay? Make it nice and warm, and it could be a baby crib. You know, as we leave today and we look through the nativity scenes that we've all grown up to see and hear about and draw and create, I've built a few myself. To think that our heavenly father sends his son to leave all his glory, all of the beauty of his throne, of his heavens, to come to a place like that because he knew I'm born to die. That's my sole purpose. I'm born to die. So with all eyes closed today, I don't know where you are in your walk. I, I don't know. But I hope that you have heard clearly and that you have read clearly with me the requirement, the requirement of what it takes for you to be forgiven now, tomorrow, and forever. All it takes is that you believe, that you believe. And in the eyes of God himself, the Almighty, you are made right. So I want you to pray this with me. Right there where you are, I want you to pray this with me out aloud. And, and if you've prayed this before, wonderful. But I want you to pray in obedience as your prayer right now aloud is going to be strength for someone who is standing beside you, behind you, in front of you, that have probably never prayed this prayer. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, come on, come on, nice and loud. Heavenly Father, I come before you receiving all of this wonderful information of your love for me. This day, I make a decision to believe in Jesus, in the sacrifice, in the bloodshed for the forgiveness of my sins. Today, I turn my life over to you and I ask you to lead me and guide me from the center of my heart. My life is yours forevermore. You are my master. You are my father. I am your child. From this day on, I will tell the world of the glory, of the magnitude, of the marvelous opportunity given to me by your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Somebody just celebrate. Just take a moment to celebrate Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if anything gets me more excited in, 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 in what I do for a living, 
is to be able to share that good news. To tell somebody, look, we're all messed up. We're all jacked up. But someone already paid that debt for us. So all I'm going to do is just keep plugging away for what's ahead of me. Because I know that I'm made right in his eyes. All I got to do is So Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for those that are watching us online. I thank you for, Father, the lives that heard this content, Lord, and are wrestling with things in their heart and in their spirit, Lord, about their past, whether it's relationships, finances, whether it's drug addiction, whether it's some form of addiction, any form, Lord, whether it's violence, whether it's domestic abuse, whatever it may be, Lord, I pray right now that, Lord, that it is by way of your Holy Spirit that you could pierce their hearts where they are and they can feel the radiance of your love fill the room fill that workplace fill that living room that gym where they're working out wherever they're listening to these words I pray Lord that they may feel covered completely covered in your love and in your spirit and forgiveness I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, amen. I want to thank you for watching. I hope to catch you again next Sunday at this very same time. God bless you guys. You be blessed. You're dismissed. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.